Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by American Express. Coming up on NBA Today, the Lakers are finally in. We have must-hear reaction from LeBron James. But how far does our panel think they can go? Surprise, surprise, Richard and Perk, they disagree on this one. Plus, the Suns, they are undefeated with Kevin Durant in the lineup. But will their lack of experience together be their downfall? We have a behind-the-scenes look with the two-time finals MVP and what Trey Young and the Hawks did to cool down the heat. Plus, we're going to dive into tonight's play-in matchups. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by American Express. Richard Jefferson, Malika Andrews, Ramona hey. Shelburne, Shanae Gumake, Kendrick Perkins is going to be with us in just a moment. And my friends, they did it. The Lakers. You and I are acquainted. There was never the a doubt. We did it. Was there ever a doubt? Oh, we yes, the doubt. whole season. <laughs> yeah, all season long there was a little bit of a doubt. This is how it went down last night in Crypto.com Arena. It was not a pretty game. Carl Anthony Towns had a beautiful first half here, made every single bucket. But we're going to pick this one up in the fourth because this is when the Lakers mounted a comeback, Janae. Look, the Lakers, they played with heart. They played with tenacity. And watch this right here. Big time three from LeBron James. I mean, he was feeling it late. Look at the, when you see these things, you're like, okay, this is this is the moment for them. This is a moment for him. So at this point, Carl Anthony Towns has five fouls. He can't get that three to go after being so hot in the first half. And then once again, he looks, kicks it out to Ann Edwards, who just was off last yes, night. The Wolves were just disjointed, and it started really with Ann Edwards. I think he's going to take that type of game, that mentality to improve on. Look at the shot distance in the fourth quarter, Malika. And to me, that kind of speaks to, okay, Carl Anthony Towns has five fouls. Does he feel like he can attack the rim like that? Well, you know who did? LeBron James creating the space for Dennis Schroeder. He ice has in my ice veins. Double. The double ice in my veins. Oh, my goodness. This is the D'Lo effect, right? You've seen this, Richard. Everyone's claiming this celebration. Well, this is my thing when you watch this is, again, this is the time where LeBron gets criticized or he looks like the smartest basketball player making the right decision. Well, and you think this is the game winner. So does LeBron James. A little hip swivel for good measure. But then this happens, Hold Janae. My beer. Hold my beer. Mike Connolly. I was like, oh, no. No. Oh, no breaks. There were no breaks in the corner. With .1 seconds no left, breaks. Mike Connolly is fouled on the three. You he know, makes all three of his free throws. Pressure. This is his, his – he had a game earlier this season where he couldn't – he caved to that pressure, and this was his revenge. But the Lakers just took over in overtime, Alona. Well, look, they finally got the ball to Anthony Davis. I mean, this guy is – he was a player of the month for, for March and April in the Western Conference. Remember him? Yeah. Get him the yeah. ball. <laughs> well, the Lakers, they didn't have an easy path to the oh. playoffs. And Darvin Ham, after the game, after the celebrations, reminded his team of how they got here. Real quick, man. First of all, I just want to let you guys know that is the epitome of having a next play mentality through the course of a game. Started off the season 2-10. and ten. Some of you guys weren't here for that. We were told by our analytical department that that gave us a 0.3% chance of making it to the postseason. 
now here we are in the playoffs. All you asked for is a chance, I guess. And uh, you know, for us to turn around our season and uh, give ourselves an opportunity to uh, compete for the Larry O'Brien Trophy, that's all you can ask for. No, we don't want to stop here just getting in. You know, obviously you got small victories um, seeing where we started, but now we want to get greedy and make some noise in these playoffs. So over the last 11 minutes of the game, the Lakers held Minnesota to just two field goals, including zero for nine from deep. And L.A. outscored the Timberwolves 20 to seven in that span. So Kendrick Perkins is joining us now. And Perk, in our production meeting this morning, we were chatting and there was a good amount of discussion, right, on just how ugly some of this game was down the stretch. But you actually saw something else. What was that? I did. And you know what? All I kept, all I keep hearing is about how ugly the game was and it was dumb basketball. And the people that saying that are more confused than a woodpecker with a headache, okay? Because here's the fact. What I witnessed last night was beautiful basketball and playoff <laughs> basketball. I witnessed teams make adjustments. I watched the Minnesota Timberwolves trap Anthony uh, Davis when he caught yep. the ball on the block and made others cut down the middle and made the Lakers adjust. I watched Coach Darvin Ham make beautiful adjustments by putting guys like Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimaya on Carl Anthony Towns when he was in the game and put Anthony Davis on slow-mo Kyle Anderson because knowing that he could roam and be a real protector. These are the adjustments that you that you make. And in the postseason, it's not like the regular season. The pace slows down. All of a sudden, it becomes half-court basketball. All of a sudden, you start to see more deflections, forced turnovers, things to that nature. So it's not supposed to be pretty. You're supposed to be junked up. It's supposed to be ugly. And that's exactly what we saw last night again. Everybody keep talking about offense. And I know we watched over, what, four or five guys average 30 points this season. That's not going to happen in the postseason. In the postseason, we're going to see exactly what we saw last night. Adjustments being made, physicality at its highest level. That was beautiful defense, basketball at its highest level last night. That was playoff basketball, period. Okay, this part is very hard for me. You know, Perk, I, nor I, I, I normally do not like giving you compliments. I do not like giving you compliments, so we're not going to start today. This is what we're <laughs> going to do, right? Hey. We're going to have a conversation hey. here. Okay, so the Lakers are in. The 0.3% chance they made it, we compliment them. Now the whole thing is, how do they move forward? What did they do well? What didn't they do well? What trends are we seeing? What can they improve on? That's what we're going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, let's roll the tape. Now watch this. you got to inbound the ball. It's 32 seconds. Watch Braun stop. Braun stops short of the ball. He's got to come there. Does he give the hustle that he should? Hold on, let me unbutton this because I'm fucking. Same thing oh, no, happened. Please don't watch him. Too much. you got to get that inbounds. They had to change how they were inbounds. That's not game strategy and adjustments. That's terrible basketball. Now let's go back. Let's have a little history lesson. Watch this move by AD. You attack. That's a felony in three states. Then what do you do? You lose them in. You lose them again when the game is on the line. So now, okay, maybe the Lakers learn from that. Or Anthony Davis. What the blank are you doing, my guy? I have too much respect and love for you to do these type of mistakes. So when I talk about this and I talk about the Lakers are going to get better, they're going to do the things that they need to do, there were a tremendous amount of mistakes that were made that were simple basketball from veteran plays. LeBron James stops short. If you watch it, he stops his momentum, allows the guy to get the steal. They do it again. They do it again twice.
12 seconds later. It was not beautiful basketball. It was not playoff basketball. That was awful basketball that the Lakers are very lucky to survive, and I'm glad that they did. They did overcome all the adversities, but they can't do that moving forward against Memphis. They can't do that again no. moving forward in first round, second round, conference final. That end of the game will not win uh. them a game against any other team in the postseason. <laughs> Go ahead, Perk. You know what I hate most about Richard is that he's able to walk in sometimes early and go to the third floor and put, and pick out a handful of clips that he want to show the world instead of showing the other clips. How about showing the extra efforts, the chase down You blocks, want the extra turnovers? Because that, that was just a couple. How about, you want how about, the turnovers? How about, showing, how about, hold on, listen, hold on, listen for a second. Sit back. How about showing LeBron James get a block on one end, run the floor, and get a layup on the other? Or how you about want, LeBron you James want, going you want to LeBron the You want LeBron highlights, bro? No, you want LeBron no, highlights? No, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't want LeBron highlights. But what I'm telling you is, is this: what I saw last night when you hold a team to 12 points in a quarter, I saw activity. I saw active hands. I saw deflections. I saw driving gaps get taken away. The same driving gaps that Carl Anthony Towns had in the first half, he didn't have those in the uh, second uh, okay. half. Okay, do you want to know what I saw? Do you those, know what I saw? Uh, are, I saw a team. I saw a team that was going against another team with very little playoff experience, missing two of their their top starters, and on, at home, it took an overtime game and a comeback so, victory. I'm happy for him. I'm so happy what? for him. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, you have an interesting no, 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 way no. of showing no, your hands. No, no, wait, Perk, 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 somebody cut his mic. Hold on really quickly, Perk, and this is my point. I'm not here to dog on the Lakers. We're here to evaluate the Lakers and their performance. Were, they came out with the win. But if we can sit up right. here as a former champion, as a champion, as people that understand the game of basketball, what we saw in the last three minutes was very yeah, poor Richard, execution. Richard. Richard, as a as a Ear former out. champion, as a Ear guy out. that as a, out, that's bro. fine. The world can. As a guy that anchored the defense, arguably the best defensive uh, team to ever play in NBA history, I know great defense when I see it, and I saw it last night. I saw LeBron James at 38 sliding those puppies. Somebody had was to make anything that you would critique. Is there anything that you would critique? Did you put did your ear back in? Anything that you could critique? Anything that you could critique? But guess what? But guess, but guess what? You know the beauty of this is that they actually get to watch that game from last night, and they actually get to learn from it. All right, let me bring us back. And let me break down both sides for you. Would you rather win ugly or lose pretty? And I think the Lakers are happy by Thank winning you. ugly because this ensured their ticket to the playoffs. They're out of the play-in. So I see what you're saying. I had all of those critiques. And sometimes the Lakers, they make their job just so much harder for themselves. We've seen that towards the end of the and regular season where forward. they go into overtime, they get tired, and then they can't beat the Clippers. This is what they do, but they also do have camaraderie. So one thing I like, there are not a lot of things statistically. There are not a lot of things on the court that you can say, oh, this is a team that's going to win a championship. Sorry, Perk. But yeah, what you can you. say is that they are, this is a team that has better vibes. Yes. And the vibes are, you know, really what I was watching for. When they were down, which they were considerably the entire first half, they had nine lead changes in the first half. Yeah. In the second half, there was one 
lead change. Do you know which one that was? That Dennis Schroeder bucket that gave them the lead. Now, again, you know, there was a foul at the end that made them go to overtime. But this is a team that before, if you had this same team lined up in the first right. half of the season, they would have folded, they would have crumbled, they would have pointed fingers. Instead, they still rallied, and they were able to get a win. So I'd rather win ugly than not win at all. But I feel like, Ramona, you were in the back. We I don't how it looked on TV, but in the building, it, it felt it was like electric. when they tied it, yeah. it felt tense. It oh, didn't the whole feel like game a was joyous tense. electric. It didn't feel a trusting electric. It felt like, holy crap, are we yeah. going to really let this slip through? And I feel like that joyousness, that togetherness, that was only able to happen it was relief. because yeah. there was some it was relief. relief. But let's say a word for the Minnesota Timberwolves, okay? Yeah. Like, everybody after what happened to them in the final game of the regular season had written them off and thought that was going to be a cakewalk. They played great. And Mike Conley held <laughs> that team Done. together. Yep. Wow. I mean, those three free throws at the end of the game. The first one almost, the almost had a little bounce. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you feel the crowd there had a little bounce. Inhale. But, like, the, you want to talk about, okay, it may not have been pretty basketball, but that was exciting at the end of the game, and Michael Conley kept them in. Well, the Timberwolves, they have a chance to still play their way into these playoffs. We're going to take a little break here, but we're going to get it. Perk, are you okay? Are you okay? Do we need to send somebody? I got, a, I got one question for y'all. I got one question for y'all. If Okay, the postseason is about to start on Saturday. Bro. If yeah. anyone in the top, if anyone in the top seeds like Milwaukee or the Celtics happen to lose Game One or mm -hmm. happen to have have an ugly Game One, are we going to sit here and critique them the same way? Because it does happen in the postseason. Those teams have played well though all year. There's like a trust coming in. <laughs> <laughs> with the Lakers yeah. have played well the second part of the season, Malika. Oh, come I, on I'm now, not, bro. I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying, like, yes, we're gonna point. have conversations about this. Don't probably. Hit him with compliments Milwaukee has a problem losing game ones. We've seen it in the past, yeah. and then they kind of have to make adjustment. We're, we're gonna get into all of that. Speaking of the play, and did you guys yes. see what Ice Trey did to turn down the Heat last night Ooh. in Miami? Oh, they clinched the seventh seed. Bing, bada, boom. We tell you why their next series has historically <laughs> caused a couple of problems here. Plus, we have another night of action-packed play-in games. Go. So which stars need to step up the most? Chinea Gumake has a tape to break Let's down get it. for all of us. And guys, I'm really excited for this. Kevin Durant, he's on his quest for his third title. So we have an exclusive behind-the-scenes look with the two-time champion ahead of his game one against the Clippers. NBA Today will be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
NBA Today is presented by American Express. Don't live life without it. All right. So let's check out what happened in the first play-in game of the night between the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. So, I mean, when Ice Trey's looking like that, you kind of know he's wow. about to do something. But coming into the game, the seventh seed in the play-in had never lost. That was all about to change, right? Yeah, look, look, you get Trey Young in a one-game situation, and we can talk about the stats because that's really what Britt breaks him down this entire game. It wasn't a one-player dominance. It wasn't a two-player dominance. It wasn't stars. Yeah, stars did what stars do in these games, but ultimately the Atlanta Hawks and the way they rebounded the ball. Atlanta got 26 to six second chance points. They were faster to the ball. They were the first one to the 50-50 ball and they've made them pay. Look, when you give the seventh ranked offense more opportunities, <laughs> it's going to be a problem and that's what we saw. John Collins coming in for the rebound. You were talking about it, second chance points over and over and over again. And anytime Miami closed the gap, then Atlanta just had an answer. Yeah, they got studs. They got stars. That's when stars need to show up and make big plays. John Collins with a big and one. That was pretty much the thing that sealed the game right there. There was no coming back after that. So Atlanta gets the win, advances. Miami lives to fight for another day. But you mentioned the rebounds. The Hawks, they dominated the Heat. They out-rebounded Miami by 24, Ew. including 22-6 to difference on the offensive glass. And Clint Capella by himself had more offensive rebounds than the Heat as an entire team in wow. the Hawks. What? They also outscored the Heat by 20 on second chance points. So let's hear from head coach Eric Spolstra. I don't think it's easy to say it was, it was an effort thing. You know, I think our guys were battling for sure. Uh, but you also have to do things right. And you also have to come up with the ball. Loose balls, the tip balls, the ones where they got a rebound and that turned into a cut. You know, all those things that we can do much better. We needed this to go into the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, we didn't want to necessarily play on Friday. So uh, it was good that we were able to get a, a game and be in that 7-8 game rather than that 9-10 like we were last year and, and handle business in the first game. And now we're, we're back in the playoffs. It's important for us to, to be locked in. You don't celebrate after a win like this. Obviously, you're, you're happy you won, but and you're happier in the playoffs. But, I mean, it's, it's back to being focused on the next task. Rebounding was just horrendous. We didn't put uh, body on body. Um, and they, they got all the rebounds, all the second-chance points, and um, that was the game. So that's not really what we expect of a Miami team, no. but what stood out to you here today? To me, this was more about the new direction of the Hawks because earlier this season, we sort of felt like they had no direction. Now they have one under Quinn Snyder. And I one think direction. Starting to, yeah, I had to go there. Uh. That's our generation here, one direction. Even though I didn't really watch them or follow them, you know, I'm more of black. Watch and all those types of things. Uh, yeah, you know, keep going. One direction under uh, <laughs> Quinn Snyder and the Hawks, and you're starting to see the fruits of that labor, why that acquisition was big for them because now they have systems. They know that they're going to go out there, and even if they shoot 10 for 41 from three, which is typically a death sentence in the NBA which when you shoot that many threes and miss that many. Instead, they're finding different ways to win. Every player that suited up for the Hawks scored, nine players, and seven out of the nine had double digits. Yeah. That's just good basketball. All four players off their bench scored in double digits. Oh, wow. That's, I'm, yeah, I'm adding like, to your point. My notes. I'm and adding to your but point. But exactly, yeah. and that's just not obviously one player. That's the system. That's the confidence. That's yep. just like the calm. This They had so many like 
things in their ears mm -hmm. starting, you know, starting the season. And now it seems like that one direction has provided good basketball and out outlook for them. Uh, well, and one of those things, one of the one piece of that noise, right, was what's Trey Young's future yeah. going to be with this team? Is he still going to be here for years to come? What did you see from him, how he was able to sort of have a little bit of tunnel vision last year? I mean, the Miami Heat did a great job on him in the first round last year. He was he was bad against the Heat last year. I was there 15 points a game in that first round series, 32% from the field, and then to turn it around and have 25-8-7 and seven last night, that's a completely different Trey Young. And I think you have to look, though, globally. I mean, there's the, the talk about Trey Young's future is, is one of the talk of the league right now hmm. in terms of why did Quinn Snyder take this job in the middle of the season? Why? Like, why not just wait till the offseason? To off evaluate, season, right? To evaluate this team and see which direction he wants to take them. Now, when you have a player like Trey Young, you have to build a system around him. He has a unique skill set. He also has some unique weaknesses. And you have to build a team that covers up for those weaknesses. This so far in this in this year, the reason they're in the play-in for the second year in a row yep. is because they have not covered up for enough of those weaknesses. And the question going forward is, what does Quinn Snyder want? What, what does he want to do with Trey Young? Now, right. somebody I talked to, I, I, I think it would be hard to move on from Trey Young. He makes a lot of money, and it takes a unique fit for another team to want to take on that money and also build a team around him. And so I, 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 as much as you're going to hear a lot of noise, I don't think anything happens there. Mm. I think he remains there. But this is, this is why Quinn took the job in the middle of the season. Perk, what stood out to you about Trey? His professionalism and how he came out and performed and handled it like a G. And here's my problem what I that I have with the front office of the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, you fire you fire um coach coach um Nate you McMillan. fired coach earlier in the season. Nate okay, McMillan. You, Nate McMillan. you hire you hire, you hire Quinn Snyder, okay, cool. Now all of a sudden you got a guy in Trey Young that's top fifteen yep. in scoring, finished number three in assists who is a young superstar, don't get the, the love that he deserves. Yes, he has flaws in this game. Can he be immature at times? Can he, can he learn and can he grow? Do you want him to be a leader? Yes, but every franchise guy is not a leader, and that's okay. We didn't heard plenty of times where Kevin Durant has been on record talking about, I'm not a leader. I just want to play basketball. You don't have to be the vocal leader in that locker room. And so when I'm looking at the position that the Hawks are in right now, we're, it's two or three days before the play-in game against the Miami Heat, and you're talking about trading or, move, or possibly moving away from your superstar player, your franchise guy. And I thought with all the noise and everything that was being said, I thought Trey Young walked into that game with the right mindset, right. zero excuses, handled the media well, and went out there and performed in great fashion and got his team a win and got his team into the postseason. But at the end of the day, I mean, he said it. This isn't a party for them now. This isn't yeah. any sort of celebration because, congratulations, they got into the postseason. But the, the hard work, it starts now because the Celtics are the heavy favorites heading into this series against the Hawks. That's according to Caesar Sportsbook. They have them at minus 1,100. The Hawks are at plus 700. Remember, the Celtics won all three matchups against the Hawks this season, outscoring them by over 13 points per game. Still to come here on our show, is the sun rising in the desert? We give you an all-access look at Kevin Durant's pursuit for his third title. Hear what he had to say about this chapter of his legacy. His answer is incredibly interesting. Plus, Jonathan Gavoni's latest NBA mock draft is out, and we have a top 10 prospect 
Join the show live in just a matter of minutes. Do not miss who that could be. And the play-in tournament, it continues tonight. We have two huge matchups, and Cheney breaks down which stars will shine the brightest. All that and more right here on NBA Today. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The 2001 NBA Finals on the way. One minute to go in overtime. What a comeback here. The Lakers had the Sixers on the rope. 101-99. Iverson against Cairo Lou. Baseline right. He backs up. He fires. Two ball. Got it again. That's over to Rob Lou. The Sixers steal game one. Big time on the dogs. <laughs> we are three days away from the playoffs and KD's quest for title number three. And the Suns, they have yet to lose a game with him in the lineup. And they're the betting favorite to come out of the West. And it feels like, though, they still have room to grow, to get better, to become a little bit more potent. But that doesn't mean there aren't questions, right? Questions that have followed Kevin Durant around as he's migrated from the Warriors to the Nets back West. But how has his relationship with Steph helped his partnership with Devin Booker? How would he describe this chapter of his career? Well, he answered all of that and more. So let's go behind the scenes with KD. Okay, whenever you're ready, sir. We have you right over here on the edge of this couch. The Phoenix Suns at the trade deadline added one of the greatest players in NBA history. Kevin Durant, who has been an MVP once and a finals MVP twice. When you look at what they built the last couple of years, you look at the two young players in Book and DeAndre Ayton, still under 27 years old. Great coach, great organization. And I'm beating operating in the half court. There's your first basket for Kevin Durant as a Phoenix Sun. I want to continue to battle with myself from being elite. The game is evolving, so I feel like I always got to be on point. There's so many great talents and athletes in this league, so I always got to constantly be on edge. One-legged step back from Durant. He's more than an offensive player. It's just that his offensive is so great, sometimes you forget about his defense. Locked away by Durant. I said it when we first made the trade. He's somebody that's a plug-in player. You can put him in any environment. He's going to be efficient. He's going to make sure other people get open looks, and, you know, he's going to play the right way. Swings it across. Open shooter, Kevin Durant. Book and I, we go way back. We was able to do a little bit in the Olympics and play off each other well in the Olympics. I got some good experience in playing with scores like Book. The main thing is just try not to get in their way. I learned that with Stephen Clay, and I think that'll help me and Book in gaining more chemistry as we get out on the floor together. Does this put the Suns over the top as the team to be in the West or perhaps the entire league? 
It's a collaborative effort if we want to do anything special in this league. So I think just getting on the court, having conversations, just being around each other every day is only going to build our chemistry. If this was a book you were writing, what would you call this chapter of your life? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. What to, uh, Sunday, I guess. I mean, I'm at this point in my career where it's like, I done went through all the, every day of the week, I understand what's going on. <laughs> My first few years, you know, I was a deer in the headlights, just not knowing what to expect, not knowing who I was as an individual, as a kid, still trying to find myself <laughs> throughout the, you know, Monday to Friday and the weekend. Now, Sunday, I can rest and relax and enjoy myself and sit back and reflect on what I've done, but knowing I got to go to work tomorrow. So Kevin Durant, he's only played in 47 games a season, but he did it at a historic level because forget 50-40-90 club, right? KD invented the 55-40-90 club, right? He finished the season shooting 56% from the field, the first such season in NBA history. But there are plenty of subplots to this first-round series, so let's hear from his former teammate, Russell Westbrook. I think people still think it's like there's some beef or something. There's no beef. Of any sort, I think that's a, a, a good narrative for you know, <laughs> for media, for people to talk about. But there's no beef, man. I got uh, nothing but respect for him and things he's done uh, with his career and having to see him back from injury. Uh, there's no beef um, at all, but he knows I'm going to compete, and I know he's going to compete, and that's all it is. All right. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, your oh. thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. Well, he's right. There's no beef, but they damn sure not best friends. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and every single time we've watched them match up against each other, we've seen noise talking in competitive games. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't be fooled by Russell Westbrook with those comments. He has it on his mind. And it's not only with Kevin Durant and, and having to prove, like having this revenge thing against the entire league, but it's also against CP3. Remember, I shared right. the locker room with Russell Westbrook. I know how he feels when it comes down to how the media and how we play. We praise Chris Paul by calling him the point guard. And to be honest yeah. with you, we don't really show love to Russell Westbrook in the same capacity. And when we look at Russell Westbrook's resume, it's actually uh, like, you know, miles ahead of Chris Paul's resume when you look at accolades yeah. and what he's done across in, for his career. So Russell Westbrook is the guy I got my eye on. But again, this is why I have the Clippers winning this series. Okay, it's Russell Westbrook. Wait a minute. Why. Wait, wait, wait. I know that Westbrook has been on four teams since this incident, but I was there in 2016 when Kevin Durant left Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, and there were cupcakes, and then when Kevin Durant <laughs> went back to the arena, there were, there were literally fans who showed up with, with live snakes. Live snakes. And everybody like was snakes. wearing cupcakes. Like, come on now. Like, the, like the, Westbrook, that is, as you say, layers. Okay, they're, they're, Westbrook's been on four teams since then, but... Th th that doesn't go away. No. <laughs> the king of petty would like I mean, to weigh in. Okay. The king of petty would like to weigh as in. As the king of petty. Oh, my God. Should I go get petty, his crown? Yeah, as really. Richard Petty would like to say, don't get my crown. I'm getting I don't it. Need it. My bald head is, is shining right now. This is what I want to say. <laughs> They're going to say all of these things yeah. right now. 
Why are we talking about it now? We know two minutes into that game there's going to be high-level chirping. Yeah. Now, we saw how emotional Perk was about, you know, the Lakers earlier because he has them picking a championship. Beautiful. King and then Petty. secondly, well, secondly anyways, he was very emotional. Stunning. And then what, what is going on here? And now next. He's got the Clippers winning the first round. He's got the Lakers winning the championship. He should be excluded from any basketball conversations for the rest of this season. I never season. said the Lakers was winning yeah, the championship. Yeah, whatever. You, you like that. The yes, like yes you did. He said, said, said he was going to win the West, right? He said to win the West. Oh, to the They're West. They're going to the, the finals. To win the West. That's yeah. just as blasphemous. Just as blasphemous. To go to the finals. Well, no how about this? Let's let's deal in facts here because it is a fact that this is the first time ever that all four California teams have officially made to the postseason. We're talking about the Kings, we're yep. talking about the Warriors, oh, the wow. Lakers, and the Clippers. So, you know, there's a little fun fact for you. And with none you, of Petty. the Texas teams are there. Shut your mouth. None of the Texas. When was the last time that happened? Leave me alone. Still to come. It's never happened. It's the first time. Uh, still to come on NBA Today, we have the latest edition of Jonathan Gavoni's mock draft, and we have <laughs> one of those players who is standing by ready to join us live. We'll find out who coming up next. Take your crown back, girl. Always. <laughs> Black getting to the rim. He's really been the best player on the court. Oh, that may finish. That may be an exclamation point from Anthony Black. And look who we are joined by now. Anthony Black, all SEC freshman, a key member of Arkansas's Sweet 16 run. But before we get started here, I understand that you have a very special news that you were ready to share. Uh, yeah. I mean, first, I just want to say uh, thanks to you and the rest of the people here who made it possible for me to come on the show. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we're excited to have you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I got an announcement to make. But first, you know, I just want to uh, just thank God for blessing me with the talent to play basketball and just the skills. And then, uh, you know, I want to thank my mom and my brother because, you know, they believed in me a lot and really supported me, like, as I came up just uh, playing basketball. And then, you know, my coaches, uh, my AU coach, Sean Ward, he really, like, like in instilled the love for the game in me and, like, really trained me, like, all throughout middle school and high school. And then, uh, you know, my high school coaches, uh, both schools, Coppell and Dungaville, you know, for helping develop me as a player. And then uh, especially uh, Coach Muss and the rest of the staff at Arkansas, mm. You know, I trusted them with my college decision, and uh, they delivered on everything they told me. So, uh, yeah, I just want to thank uh, all those people for uh, just helping me get here. And, and uh, with that being said, uh, I'm, I'm declaring for the, the 2023 draft. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That is fantastic news. We are, it's kind of wild because we're within, what, 75 days of the NBA draft and you hearing your name called. What are you sort of feeling in this moment as you prepare for that? Um, I mean, it's kind of a surreal feeling, you know, just knowing growing up, a lot of kids just, just uh, hope to be in this position. And, you know, I just got super blessed to, to be able to be here. But uh, it's kind of surreal still. But, you know, I'm just right now focused on just, just working and getting better and, and making sure I'm ready whenever uh, the time comes. Well, our draft expert, Jonathan Gavoni, he has you projected to be a top 10 pick. But even outside of that, he says that you may be the best defender in this entire class. Where does that come from? Tell us a little bit about your defense here. Um, I mean, defense is really just will and, and want to defend. So. I feel like uh, just that's always been who I am as a player. I always took pride in defense. So uh, that 
just pair with, uh, I mean, I have pretty good active hands on defense. Like, I get a lot of steals and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, just wanting to play defense and uh, just being switchable and, and defending. Well, you also, I mean, you're an excellent passer, impressive creativity in the pick and roll. You're listed as six foot seven. How do you use your size to your advantage there? Um, you know, uh, coming off the pick and roll, you know, most of the time uh, the ball defender is a little bit shorter than me, so I can really see over him. And uh, from there, it's just reading the back of the defense. And uh, I think I have an advantage being taller than a lot of point guards. Uh, just seeing reads that a lot of guards don't see. So I think, yeah, my height, it probably helps me out a lot more than I even know. Well, for our NBA audience at home, is there a player that you watched a lot of film of? Is there a player that you're most looking forward to watching in these playoffs that maybe you have taken bits and pieces of their game from? Um, I mean, I like to watch a lot of Josh Giddy. He's like a tall playmaker, kind of similar. And, uh, you know, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of Shade too, so a lot of Thunder games. I like. Then we got a couple Arkansas players on, yeah. on the Thunder, so right. it's easy to watch. The a lot of Thunder games. And you mentioned Josh Giddy. He has excellent hair. You have excellent hair. Uh -huh. There's a lot of similarities Appreciate there. Thank you so much. Congratulations. I cannot wait to see the rest of your career play out. And we will all, all of NBA Today will be in New York to hear your name called and all of the young men entering the league on that special day. So thank you, Anthony. Yeah, for thank us. you. Really appreciate it. Still to come on NBA Today, we have two stars going at it. Anthony mentioned one of them. Chanae is going to break down how SGA is going to fare against Brandon Ingram and the Pelicans. So don't don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's play off basketball. Always ready for battle. Two successes of war. Always follow your heart. Know you destined for more. Living like a young thugger. Winning shot at buzzer. A one game and done. You end where you start. This one just for the books. Top off this for the looks. I'm rocking my tools. No stepping on my foot. May not get as many shots. The scores are not going to be as high. We still have to attack. Attack mentality. You're watching NBA Today, presented by American Express. Welcome back to NBA Today presented by American Express. And we have a doubleheader in its win or go home right here on ESPN tonight. The nightcap is Thunder at Pelicans, New Orleans won the series 3-1 to one during the regular season. Three of the four games, they were decided by four or less points. So, Chanae, it sounds yeah. like I think we need a little cheat sheet on I this I mean, one. it's playing time. I am hyped. You know what it is. Let's start with the Thunder's all-star, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Because a couple weeks ago, I pointed out that SGA, he leads the league in total drives. As you can see right here, where is the number? 1,623 total drives. Leads the league there most in the NBA. But this is why matchups matter at this point in the year. The the Pelicans are actually the team that limits his production on those plays the most. They hold Shea to under one point per chance on every drive. I know that's a complicated number, but it's the least, right? And that's largely because of the defense provided by Herb Jones, who has defended him more than anyone this season. So let me show you what that looks like. Roaming my tape, producer Jaren, who's in the building. I think I see him here today, baby. All right, SGA is so good with his speed but obviously the length and the speed and the contest here, I mean, those are tough moves. Look at, look at the extension, able to get a deflection. So for SGA, normally he can get by most guys. Herb Jones does not let that happen more often than not. Now on the other side of the ball, the Pelicans leading scorer, Brandon Ingram is having a career year. What are the numbers? He's putting up some big numbers, 24.7 points per game, including over 27 since All-Star break. Now in their only meeting this season, he had 34, which came down to the wire and I want you
you to see why he is so clutch. He shoots the fourth best percentage in clutch time. Now, look at the clutch buckets, but first, check this out. At the top of the key, there's about 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Three guys keyed in on him. Normally, it's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do here. Lou Dort, defender. Mm -hmm. But still, look at the time space, the extension to be able to get this shot off. This is a strength on strength matchup. You've got an all-star in SGA. You've got B.I. who really has really improved his offense. So don't sleep on these matchups because these two teams are built for success. Oof, I can't wait. And you can see it all go out down tonight, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. Shanae Gumake, thank you very much. So that is one of the games in our doubleheader. But we have a second one, the Bulls and the Raptors. So for a little bit more on that, we are joined by the woman on the sidelines, our Cassidy Hubbard. Hey, Cassidy. So tonight, not only is this a single elimination game, but I imagine it's also a little bit of a homecoming here for DeMar DeRozan, who is just about the statistical leader in every category for the Toronto Raptors here. How is he feeling heading back to Toronto? Well, you know what, Malika, he called it a full circle moment. And he, you know, talked this morning just about how he spent his first nine years here for his career. This place made him a man. This place made him a pro. He became a dad here. And, you know, even revealed that, you know, after he was traded, that he was planning on spending a couple summers here um, in Toronto, but he just hasn't been ready because he says the love here is just so overwhelming. And while he's returned to play here in Toronto seven times, when he plays here, he's able to just keep the main thing, the main thing on the game. But being around these people and the love they show him he says it's it's pretty emotional for him and he still talks to a lot of the guys here he still talks to Fred Van Vliet OG Ananobi called him a good friend we're going to see those two match up a lot tonight so that's going to be an interesting battle between those two and you know the big thing about DeMar DeRozan he has nothing but love for the city of Toronto and Toronto love for him. He said, I'll never be a villain here. And I said, okay, that may be true, but how much do you want to be a spoiler? And he said, oh yeah, that would be beautiful. Mm, I love that. I'm really excited to see this all go down. It's going to be an exciting game. Once again, you can catch Cassidy Hubberth on the sidelines of this one. Cass, thank you so much for making a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. And we're also going to see Mark Jones and DB on the sidelines of that one at 7 o'clock Eastern. We also have Stephen A's World. It's back and on ESPN2 in the app. You can catch Stephen A doing his thing. He's joined by a panel of stars. We have Dame Lillard, Snoop Dogg, Mikhail Bridges, and more. Still to come on our show, the Lakers, though, they are locked in at 7, and they will play the number two-seeded Grizzlies this weekend. We have must-hear sound from LeBron James. Oh, and Dylan Brooks will be back in just 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by American Express. Don't live life without it. So let's check out last night's one top play brought to you by Uber One. It comes courtesy of the Lakers and the Timberwolves. LeBron James, he had 12 career assists on game tying or go ahead shots inside the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter and overtime. So just oh. over 10 seconds left here. Score <laughs> tied. I mean, this is just as clutch as it gets. LeBron James kicks it out. Schroeder, wide open three. And LeBron James, he takes us through that play. I've been playing a game like that since uh, since I was a kid. I drew the defense, trust your teammates, and, uh, and he knocked it down. Middle of the season, I had the same shot, and I missed it on the same spot. So uh, this time I was very confident, just let it go. He trusted me, made the right read, and uh, yeah, I made it. 
So another look at two Schroeder shots here. The left is December 23rd. The right was Tuesday. He comes up clutch. The Lakers win it 108-102. And now we know the first round matchup. Caesar Sportsbook has the Grizzlies as just a very slight favorite against the Lakers here. <laughs> LA, just a little squeaky squeak. LA tries to become the first seven seed to win a first round series since the Spurs did it in 2010. But get your popcorn ready because the Lakers win last night. Ahead of that, Dylan Brooks, he was asked who he wanted to play in the first round. Here's what he said. I wouldn't mind playing LeBron uh, in a seven-game series. Um, the legacy's there. Uh, first time back in the playoffs, knock them out right away in the first round. Um, they will test us good, you know. They got good pieces, good players, and it'll be a good first-round matchup for us. Really good team. Very well coached, very well balanced. Obviously, the head of snake is John Morant, um, but another all-star in Jaron Jackson, who was up there, one of the defensive player of the year. Tyus Jones, uh, the point guard off the bench, has led the league in the assist turnover ratio like the last six years. He compliments them very well. Desmond Bain, you know, they got Luke Kennard, who broke my scoring record uh, in high school. Um, and they got so many other guys also off the bench that um, you just you can't you can't disrespect because they will they will make you pay. Um, obviously, I haven't thought about Memphis one one minute. <laughs> All right, so game one is until this weekend, but it is never too early to start previewing this game. So we're going to play a little game of our own. Okay. Who is the best player, two-way big, the role players, and the X factor in this series? Richard, would you like to get us started, or do you want Sinead to? Put my selection. LeBron James is the best Don't player do in this series. Richard, not now, please. Mr. Robot. I don't have a good robot. No, I really don't. Oh, hey, 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 okay. Oh. Sorry. Okay. I can do a robot. I'm gonna go with John Moran just because his team obviously has the best record in the NBA when he plays at home. I, be I believe it's 35 and 6. Yeah. So if they're starting at home, he feels good. He averages around yeah. 27 on the floor. I've got to go. It has to be John Moran if they want to improve this postseason. Memphis is such a tough play. Place my to play. two-way big. <laughs> Anthony Davis is the best two-way big by a slight margin. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is a better defensive player right now. He's a better offensive player, but I think he is the best two-way big in this series. Okay, a little energy, Richard. I'm going to actually say the same thing. It has to be Anthony Davis because we all know that he can lead the Lakers in scoring in this series, but also if they want to win, it's going to come through their defense, Yeah, and he's also the anchor of their defense. Well, the it's going to be really interesting to see Jaron Jackson Jr. go up against Anthony Davis. We know no Steven Adams is going to be available in this series, but what have we said about Jaron Jackson all year? Foul trouble. Foul trouble. Foul, foul he trouble. has been improving, especially been improving you know, offensively. There. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Play my Perry. role player. Play my role player. It's the Memphis. It's I think the Memphis. Memphis. It's the Memphis. It's the Memphis. The whole Memphis. They are the role players. The community. But they are very depleted. Play yours. Who's and your that's role player? I'm going with the Lakers. Oh. Oh. The Memphis Grizzlies. If this, if their roster were healthy, they would have won in a landslide. But here is my not. X factor. So that's why I'm going with the L Here's LA my Lakers. X factor. Oh, Richard. The Lakers or Memphis third best player? Wow. The best player That's in this very Cheney of The you. best player in the series is LeBron James. The best player, the second best player is John Morant. Whoever, whichever team has the third best player, if it's Anthony Davis, if it's Jaron Jackson Jr., whoever does it, that's it. Now you know how we feel, though. Richard, get over here. Okay, I'm taking your best player. Your best player is LeBron James. My X Factor is Dylan Brooks. That's going to do it for us.